influencing by argument. Common sense is the product of common observation and experience. Argumentation is the process of producing conviction by means of reasoning, testing and argument. The question under discussion, is it clearly stated? Is it fairly stated? Is it a debatable question? The evidence, the witnesses of the fact, the authority cited as evidence, the fact adduced as evidence, the principles adduced as evidence, the reasoning, induction, deduction, parallel cases, inferences, syllogism. Imagine a world where you don't have to constantly stress about money, where you have enough to cover your bills and regular expenses. More than that, how would you like to know that you can afford to live the lifestyle you want to live? Of course, not being frivolous or extravagant. These things are all possible only when you are financially stable as a woman. So what is financial stability and how do you go about it? Financial stability is the freedom to live life on your terms and conditions without being curious or worrying about how you pay your next bill. One more time. Financial stability is the freedom to live life on your terms and conditions without being curious or worrying about how you pay your next bill. When you are financially stable, you feel confident with your finance life. No worry, no stress, no depression because you know you've got the boss. You have enough to save, spend, invest and cover emergencies. It is more of a mindset when you have financial st stability as a woman. You are free from the stress and strain of some aspect of life. You are more of a reliability than being a liability to an innocent man and to innocent persons. A reliability in the sense that someone or some persons can find solace and peace in relying on your ability. So you are not yet financially stable. If people or someone cannot find peace in relying on your financial ability, that is what makes a woman reliable. That is the reliability of a woman. When your existence isn't a burden to someone, when you are not being a burden to someone's existence, your existence should make someone peaceful, should make you reliable. But looking at the percentage of the population we have, more than half percent of ladies are more of liability, and that is why marriages become bond for them. 
because when you are not independent you are under subjection of an authority someone dictates for you someone tells you what to do someone condition your existence someone tame what you eat and what you desire someone is there to give you order on what to be on what to do so you have limited area of scope you have limited area of operations either in marriages or in other aspects of life so if you as a lady wouldn't want to be subjected or being overruled being being subjected to the to the dictatorship of people you need to be financially independent this is one of the things that makes life good as a world of opportunities we have the opportunity over there but only few make use of the opportunities so all these opportunities are things that we are going to look into and how to harness it how to harness them as a woman for our personal and financial independence Socrates tells us that the secret to happiness is found not in seeking more but in developing the capacity to be happy with less. Before taking a look at ins and secrets to financial stability, can we have some financial nuggets? 1. Make your money life personal. It's very important to say this right. Your personal finances and your personal drives. That doesn't mean personal in the sense that you can't talk to anyone about your money. Make your finances personal means focusing on your situation and not worrying about anyone else's situation. We live in a culture where we constantly compare ourselves to others. We are told we need to live a certain lifestyle because that's how successful people live. But this is ironical. Life is not about how much we earn, but how far or how long we use what we have and have to reach where we are going. So, you need to be personal and directional with your finance life. 2. Your most valuable investment is yourself. Please get this right. Nothing will work for you if you fail to engage yourself with the most demanding skills, knowledge, and attitude of the dynamic economy. Before thinking of investment in money, first invest in yourself. Invest time, energy, people to teach yourself the skills you need. Learning things that don't directly relate to your job can sometimes help you just as much as your work-related skills. must get this also before building networks first build self works 3 be jealous with your time 
In the book of nature, time is an arch currency. You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. The difference between a rich man and a wealthy man is not a money gap relationship, but time management differences. A rich man makes money, but a wealthy man creates time. No matter what you do, no matter what you have, no matter where you are going, and no matter where you are living, time is one of the important factors you must consider. You want to be rich, but you don't have time. You want to be this and that, but there is no time. Money can be bothersome sometimes and can also enslave you when you don't have time for things that are personal and interpersonal. So in all your gettings, get time for yourself, have time for your personal life and have time for interpersonal situations. A rich man builds money but a wealthy man creates time. chapter 6 mastering small group presentations and negotiations most of the opportunities for you to win point speaking will take place in small business meetings it is important to know how to lead and participate in meetings effectively but in these meetings you will often be called upon to make a presentation of your point of view product or policy in any attempt to persuade others to agree with you and to support your recommended course of action. So if business meetings are essential tools for executing, the presentations made in these meetings may be even more important. So I will be sharing some points to consider for group presentations and negotiation. One. Small group presentation can make or break your career. Each time you give a presentation to a small group, imagine that your future and your career hang in the balance. Imagine that this meeting is being videotaped to be shown to thousands of people. Imagine that there is a hidden camera at you while you are making your presentation to people all over the world. Take presentation seriously. The more seriously you take your presentation in advance, the seriously the participants will respond to you. 2. Start with the end in mind. Determine your goals for the presentation. Idealize and ask yourself, if this meeting were perfect, what would be the outcome? Think on paper. Write down the very best things that you could possibly happen if your presentation were perfectly outcome. The easier it will be to prepare your presentation and the more likely it is that you will achieve those goals at the end. 3. Remember that everything is a negotiation. 
when you are given a small group presentation in an attempt to persuade others to support you, you are engaging in a form of negotiation. Each person will come into the room with his idea and desire. Your aim is to bring the group around to the personal point of view and convince them to support your recommendation. This means that you will have to gradually change their minds and in some cases change their mind completely. 4. Think like a lawyer. Use the lawyer method to prepare for presentation. Lawyers learn to prepare the opponent's cases before they prepare their own. To do this, write down everything that you think the other participants in the meeting will want to think that is in opposition to what you want to accomplish. If you can be specific, attach the particular objections and resistance to the particular people to whom you will be speaking. Five rather. Know the difference between desire and fear. The two primary motivations for buying or for almost any decision to change are fear and desire. People are afraid of losing time, money, prestige, advantage, or something else. People desire more time, money, market share opportunity, etc. Psychologist tells us that the motivating power of fear is two and a half times the motivating power of desire. This means that emphasizing what you can gain, the more you can leave, you can lose. And lastly, this is the sixth point. Understanding the meeting participants. When making a presentation to a group of people, you are often dealing with different personalities. This means that persons will have different fears and desire and different degree of intensity. The more knowledgeable you are about what people want to accomplish and what they are afraid of experiencing, the easier it will be for you to tailor remarks and address their concerns. Now, let's move to presentation versus negotiation. The principles still remain the same. All you just have to do are uh, one, think on paper, always appear reasonable and agreeable. Get them involved, that is your audience. Then initiate group solidarity. Thanks for listening to these two lines. This is the summary for chapter 6, Mastering, Small Group Presentations and Negotiations. Good evening everyone. Join me as we peruse through chapter 6. Mastering small group presentations and negotiation. Most of the opportunities for you to win point speaking will take place in small business meetings. It is important to know how to lead and participate in meetings effectively. 
But in these meetings, you will often be called upon to make a presentation of your point of view, product or policy in an attempt to persuade others to agree with you and to support your recommended course of action. So if business meetings are essential tools for the executives and the presentation made in these meetings may even be more important. I will be taking you through some points to consider for small group presentations and negotiation. 1. Small group presentation can make or break your career. Each time you give a presentation to the small group, imagine that your future and your career hang in the balance. Imagine that this meeting has been videotaped to be shown to thousands of people. Imagine that there is a hidden camera on you while you're making your presentation to the people all over the world. Take presentation seriously. The more seriously you take your presentation in advance, the seriously the participants will respond to you. 2. Start with the hand in mind. Determine your goals for the presentation. Idealize and ask yourself, if this meeting were perfect, what would be the outcome? Think on paper. Write down the very best things that you could possibly happen if your presentation were perfectly outcome. The easier it will be to prepare your presentation and the more likely it is that you will achieve those goals at the end. 3. Remember that everything is a negotiation. When you are giving a small group presentation in an attempt to persuade others to support you, you are engaging in a form of negotiation. Each person will come into the room with his ideas and desire. Your aim is to bring the group around to your personal point of view and convince them to support your recommendation. This means that you will have to gradually change their minds, and in some cases, change their mind completely. 4. Think like a lawyer. Use the lawyer method to prepare your presentation. Learn learn to prepare the opponent case before they prepare their own. To do this, write down everything that you think the other participants in the meeting will want to think that is in opposition to what you want to accomplish. If you can be specific, attach the particular objections and resistance to the particular people to whom you will be speaking. 5. Know the difference between desire and fear. The two primary motivations for buying or for almost any decision to change are fear and desire. People are afraid of losing time, money, prestige, advantage or something else. People desire more time, money, market share, opportunity, etc. Psychologists even tell us that the motivating power of fear is two and a half times the motivating power of desire. This simply means you need to emphasize what you can gain the more you can lose. The last point which is the sixth point is understanding the meeting participants. When making a presentation to a group of people, you are often dealing with different personalities. This means that the person will have different fears and design different deg degree of intensity. The more knowledgeable you have about what people want to accomplish and what they are afraid of experiencing, the easier it will be for you to tailor remarks and address their concerns. Now let's take a look at presentation versus negotiation. 
the principles remains the same but all we just need to look at are just few points which are one think on paper two always appear reasonable and agreeable three get them involved that is your participants your audience get them involved with whatsoever you need to present or negotiate and lastly ensure there is group solidarity so tonight here we're going to stop for the summary of chapter 6 once again thank you for listening this is the summary for chapter 6 which is mastering small group presentations and negotiation thank you for listening